from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan with a special podcast on Thumbs Islands, which are four man-made islands in California's Long Beach Harbor, where oil and natural gas have been produced for the past 40 years. The four islands, this is, this is the one Bill was showing that's closest in. This is Island Grissom. Here's where we're going to be going today, Island White. That's Frank Coleman of Occidental Petroleum, who's standing at a map of Long Beach Harbor. He shows us that the four islands are named after the astronauts who died in a tragic fire in the 1960s. But the island's history begins in the 1930s with the drilling of the first oil well in the Wilmington oil field, a massive oil and natural gas deposit beneath the Los Angeles basin. The discovery of oil in the Long Beach area touched off a drilling boom that threatened to turn the coastline into an industrial zone. So the city voters passed an initiative to tap the energy resources without compromising the view and the environment. The city bid out the project, and a consortium of companies won. They included Texaco, Humble, Union, Mobile, and Shell. Basically, the state of California owned everything, owned all the minerals. And so the state of California knew that they couldn't take this on themselves, so they bid this out to companies that would be able to construct these islands, drill the wells, manage the day-to-day operations. And so there was this this bidding period that took place. And the Thumbs companies won it, and it it was surprisingly competitive, uh, first of all. And also, it's, it's surprising that it required these gigantic companies to come together and form a consortium to do this, that they couldn't do it on their own. Because back in those days, the investment to do this and the undertaking to do this was really huge. I mean, it was monumental. The Thumbs Consortium, named by combining the first initial of each of the winning companies, built the islands with 640,000 tons of boulders and more than 3 million cubic yards of sand. Today, the islands are home to 1,100 active wells. But from shore, they look like resort communities with condos, waterfalls, and sculptures. They also are landscaped with about 700 palm trees, kept alive with an elaborate irrigation system. We traveled to the islands on a crew boat. The architect's name that led the group was Joseph Linish, and he was employed by the Thumbs Companies to help with the uh, architectural design of the islands. So he was really the mastermind, he and his crew, behind uh, the way that it looks today. And one of the things that he did is uh, he, he tried to pick an inspiration that the islands could tie back into the city urban area with. And these these um, drilling facades that you see that are kind of blue and, and white striped up here, drilling rigs were inspired by this condominium that's directly behind us on shore. And you can see that the lines of that condominium, which was it's called the Galaxy Condominium, was here at the same time that the design was taking place. As we circle Island White, Frank explains that the sculptures are sound barriers that keep the equipment noises from reaching the shore. He also says that colonies of starfish live in the waterfalls. But behind these structures, in the core of each island, are state-of-the-art production technologies. In 2008, Thumbs produced nearly 11 million barrels of oil and 5 billion cubic feet of natural gas while protecting the environment. So you notice there's a kind of a high spot in the asphalt right here. That's, that's a secondary containment berm. And then all around the entire island, there's a four-foot-tall seawall. That's all designed for 
for secondary containment and spill prevention. So anything that, anything that was spilled, any rainwater, anything that's on the island stays on the island. It never goes off the island into the ocean. That was the voice of Charlie Plant. He runs Island White, and he welcomes us when we dock at the boat ramp. He shows us that the wells are below grade in cellars that encircle the island, and the camouflage drilling rig can skid along a set of railroad tracks to change its location. The way this drilling rig moves, there's a series of, of railroad tracks that you can see around the whole island. So the rig's electric, everything on the island's electric. And uh, when the rig moves, there's a set of hydraulics that just reach out and grab those rails and pull the rig along until it gets to the next well. Occidental uses directional drilling to find and produce pockets of oil and natural gas from the harbor area as well as beneath the city. Frank Coleman explains that on this day, the rig is finishing a new well. The drilling rig right now is positioned over uh, this part of one of the cellars. It's in the process today of uh, doing kind of a critical operation. So the well is completely drilled, and now this is uh, the very finishing stages of the well, which is sort of the tricky part. We have a casing set and a liner in place, and they're performing today what they call a gravel pack, which is, uh, is pumping gravel down hole, goes around the annular area of the pipe, and that helps uh, prevent the formation from kind of caving in and also allows uh, fluids to, to flow easier to the wellbore. Charlie says large amounts of water come up the wellbore with the oil and natural gas. The water is then cleaned and re-injected back into the formation. The, uh, the water injection really serves two purposes. One is for enhanced oil recovery, so any remaining oil, that, that water is pushing the oil towards these producing wells. And then the other primary purpose is for subsidence control. So we monitor the elevation of the island and the, and the general area to make sure that there's no subsidence. After the oil and natural gas are pumped upwards to the island, they are processed and then sent through pipelines buried beneath the sea floor to the shore. There they power the homes, businesses, and vehicles of countless Americans. But these energy resources still would be out of reach were it not for the foresight of the city and the expertise of the oil industry. Occidental Petroleum, which bought the islands in 2000, says that this public-private partnership has generated more than $5 billion in revenues for the city, state, and private property owners. And it enhances the beauty of the harbor, much to the delight of boaters. On, a, on any given weekend, we can see one of them here today, this whole backside of the island here will be full of pleasure craft. I think for a couple of reasons. One, it looks real good, and two, this is the calm side, so you'll see a lot of people that take their boats out and spend the weekend out here. The Thumbs Islands waterfalls usually are turned off at 10 o'clock each night, but occasionally Occidental receives a request from someone who's planning a party on the beach or on a boat asking whether the waterfalls can remain running longer. Occidental is happy to comply. For more information on the Thumbs Islands, please read my blog posts at energytomorrow.org. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.